Hey everybody, Jeremy Markovich here. Two quick notes before we get going. First, this podcast has a new home. It's now part of the North Carolina Rabbit Hole, which you can find at ncrabbithole.com. There you can check out previous episodes of Away Message. You can find any new episodes that we're putting out. And if you like this podcast, I think, no guarantees, but I think you will like my weekly newsletter. It is about weird North Carolina stuff comes out every Thursday. It is free if you want it to be, and you can sign up at ncrabbithole.com. Second, this episode was produced during my time at Our State Magazine. Now, I happen to think that most of it still holds up, but some of the promo codes and websites that I mention may no longer work. Okay, here's the show. I moved to North Carolina more than a decade ago, and my first Christmas here, I was getting out some old ornaments out of the box. They were these mass-produced glass globes, came in a bunch of colors, green, red, blue, gold. Not too expensive. I think I bought them at Walmart. Anyway, as I was putting the box away, I saw something I hadn't noticed before. There, in really small text on the side of the box, it said, Made in Gastonia, North Carolina, by Roush Industries. Now, Up until that moment, I had not cared at all about where my Christmas ornaments came from. And to be honest, Gastonia was not on my list of places where they could possibly come from. And so my reaction was, huh, cool. Then Christmas came and went, and I kept forgetting about this piece of trivia, which is kind of nice, like a new Christmas tradition for me. Every December, I would get out the decorations, look at the box, and then have the exact same revelation. Ornaments, Gastonia, how about that? And then I'd forget about it until next December. And this happened year after year until 2016 when I was looking for stories for Our State Magazine's annual Christmas issue. And I thought, you know what? I have got to get to the bottom of this. That's a, let's see. You want another good story? Mm-hmm. Okay. Two years ago, before I'd mastered the art of using a podcasting microphone, I went to Gastonia to talk to a guy named Marshall Rausch the Roush and Roush Industries. He is in his 90s now, still in great shape, still has an office inside this little house on Union Road on the south side of town. And he told me this story of how he became the largest manufacturer of satin and glass Christmas ornaments, not in North Carolina, not in the United States, but in the entire world. For more than two hours, he just sat there and told me story after story, which was awesome. Because if you've lived the kind of life that Marshall Roush has lived, you were going to have some pretty remarkable stories to tell. Oh, yeah, the Jim Baker story. Yeah, Yeah, that's a very good and true story. This particular story takes place in the 1980s. And if you don't know who Jim Baker is... The PTL Television Network presents Jim Baker! Well, let's just start off by saying he was a televangelist. Praise the Lord! Baker was based in Charlotte, but his show, The PTL Club had a nationwide reach. Come on now with a super Merry Christmas welcome for Jim and Tammy Baker! And at Christmas time, they would always do these big, over-the-top holiday specials. When Jim Baker was in his prime, uh, he contacted us, or his purchasing agent did, and my son Mark went over there. Mark comes back. And he came home and he bragged to me. And he's like, Dad. I just sold a lot of Christmas ornaments to Jim Baker. Uh, 150,000 large three-inch ornaments. Let's say the price was a dollar and a half, somewhere around there. 
was a fair price, but, you know, big order. Oh, he was proud of himself, and I don't blame him. But two weeks later, Marshall's opinion on that deal changes. I used to watch Jim Baker at night. I just enjoyed watching him. We have asked all of our friends during the holidays to do something special, to give a $100 gift to help stay on the air. And one night, Baker is on TV asking his viewers to send him money for a new reason. And he took out the ornament, and he told everybody what a beautiful ornament was, and it's got a picture of the church. I can't remember the name of it. It was a wonderful keepsake, and he felt everybody should buy one. And he said, send you a $25 in for the ornament. I immediately picked up my phone. It was after midnight, and called Mark and said, you think you're a salesman for selling that at a dollar and a half? Jim Baker is selling it for $25. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, everyone! We love you! So, you might already know this, but Jim Baker's empire collapsed pretty spectacularly. He had a scandalous affair and later went to prison for financial fraud. A lot of that money that his viewers were sending to PTL was actually getting funneled directly to him. And Roush sees this whole thing as sort of a teachable moment as the opposite of the way you should live your life. You just keep your reputation right and do things right. Things will come to you that will surprise you. In fact, he has this little book of religious devotionals that he likes to read every day. And as I'm sitting there on the other side of his desk, he gets an extra copy out. Let me write what I want to write in here. I'm not trying to get rid of you. Writes my name on the inside of the front cover. J-E-R-R-I-M-Y. J-E-R-E-M-Y. And he gives me the book, which is about a practice called Musar. Musar teaches not how to pray and go to a temple or a church, but how to live your life. Basically, it's an ethical way of interpreting the teachings of the Torah. That's what I believe in. And that is the twist in this story. Marshall Roush, who made his business career by making things associated with the biggest day on the Christian calendar, he's Jewish. All my friends used to tease me and say, how do you feel about uh, making Christmas ornaments? Uh, I said, I have no problem. One of our guys started Christianity. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's funny, right? Marshall Roush thinks it's funny. He's been telling some version of that joke for more than 50 years. But seriously, if you are wondering exactly how a Jewish man became the king of the Christmas ornament industry, we have an incredible story for you. It's the story of a little luck and a lot of faith. Because Marshall Roush didn't just make a lot of ornaments, he also made North Carolina a lot better for people of all religions. Our State Magazine, this is Away Message. I'm Jeremy Markovich. When you talk to Marshall Roush, you end up getting pretty good at ignoring the sound of a ringing phone. It's got to be one of my kids, because they know both numbers. No, it's not. It's some salesman I never heard of. Yeah. Oh, cause he...
It must have buzzed or rang or gone to voicemail like a dozen times. But a long time ago, long before Roush could screen his calls with an answering machine, he picked up the phone one day, and it turned out to be the call that would change his life. The fellow says, uh, Marshall, how are you? This is Bill. I said, fine, Bill. He said, how you doing? I'm fine. How you doing? How's your family? How's your family? All the niceties. And then he said, I understand you can wind a ball. This was the 1950s, and Rausch was the owner of a textile mill in Gastonia that made things like kite string and crochet thread, which were then wound into balls. Now, the guy on the phone was asking, can you do something a lot more delicate? Can you take satin and wind it all the way around a really thin paper mache ball? And Roush is thinking to himself, maybe? But he tells the guy on the phone, definitely. And he said, okay, I'm gonna send you a sample. If you can make this ball for me, we're gonna do a lot of business. I said, wait a minute, wait, Bill, you got me at a disadvantage. Which Bill is this? He says, we never met. My name is Bill Spiegel. Chicago. Spiegel ran the Spiegel catalog, which was like an old-school analog version of Amazon. Getting product in there was a very big deal. So Roush gets the sample from Spiegel, he takes it to his plant manager, a guy named Wade Fowler, and he says, hey, can we replicate this over and over again? And he looked at it and said, someone else made it, I can make it. But for the next month, he and Roush struggled to figure out a way to mass-produce a Christmas ornament that is wrapped in satin string. And then one day, Fowler comes to Roush and tells him, He said, I just came back from lunch and I took a nap. I think I figured out how to make that ball that he wants. They tell Spiegel and he's like, okay, I will buy three and a half million of these things. They sold like crazy. That was when the aluminum Christmas tree came out and it looked beautiful with a color wheel and the satin ornaments. And in just a few short months, Roush has doubled his profits. By December, we knew what we had, and we patented the item. Not long after that, Roush decides to go all in on Christmas. From uh, Santa Claus suits. Garland. Icicles. Christmas snow. All kinds of ornaments, fancy ornaments. His products are being sold in every major store in the country. One factory turns into eight factories, all making ornaments and Christmas stuff nonstop. We put out approximately one million ornaments a day. The terrible thing is on glass, we broke about 4%. So that's staggering if we broke 40,000 a day. And they're making all sorts of ornaments, satin covered plastic balls, glass globes, even celebrity ornaments. When Elvis Presley died, I realized that would make a heck of a Christmas ornament. In 1977, Roush got in touch with the manager handling Elvis's estate, who said, okay, come to Pennsylvania and we'll talk. And sure enough, there was a big limo picked me up at Philadelphia at three o'clock. He shows up with a sample Elvis ornament in hand, and he is not the only guy there. There were 10 guys in there with samples, whiskey bottles with Elvis' name on it, a bathrobe with his name on it, a wastebasket. I was in line, you know. Hours later, he gets in, and he's face-to-face with this big, burly man appropriately named Bear Geisler, Elvis's merchandising guy. He said, you know, you look like our kind of guy. Geisler goes over the royalties and terms, 
and he says in order to get the rights to put Elvis's face on an ornament, Roush is going to have to pay $25,000 up front. Roush says, no, I can only do $10,000. I said, no deal. He calls the secretary in. He says, pay Roush for his troubles. He's not our kind of guy. So Roush turns around. He starts to storm out. He says, Roush, come on back here. You've got what it takes. He said, we'll take your deal. That deal worked. The Elvis ornaments were hit. But not everything was a success. Like, for instance, Roush's line of Hanukkah ornaments. It didn't sell worth a damn, <laughs> but we tried. Roush laughed that one off. In fact, it's his sense of humor that's really endeared him to a lot of people. For one thing, he used to put mats at the front door of his Christmas ornament factory with the word Shalom on them. Also, Roush calls his ornaments balls, which, you know, lends itself to all sorts of teenage jokes. We had a shirt one time, and it said, uh, Deck Christmas, you know, mistletoe, deck your halls with Roush balls. At its peak, Roush employed about 1,300 people. And Roush Industries is actually still around today, but it's much, much smaller. It only imports and designs ornaments now. The factories have all shut down. Roush himself is no longer involved. He sold the company as most of the production was moving overseas. You're looking at a guy who's very fortunate. I won't say blessed. I, 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 that's not in my league, but very, very fortunate. And really, it would just be easy to end the story here, right? But there's this other side of Marshall Rouse, which is maybe the greater, more important part of his life. Because Rouse did a lot more than just make Christmas ornaments. He became one of North Carolina's most powerful men. And he used that power to make North Carolina a more tolerant place for people of all faiths. How important has your faith been in your life? Faith? Yeah. It's everything to me. That part of the story, when we come back. This is Away Message. I'm Jeremy Markovich. And before I go on, I have to go off on a slight tangent here. As I was talking to Marshall Roush about how he became the largest maker of Christmas ornaments in the entire world, his grandson came into the office. Time out. <laughs> Julian, how this is Jeremy. Hey, how are you, Julian? He knows about you. Uh-oh. Yeah. I know about Julian because of his role in one of the most famous college football games of all time. Julian Roush. Back in 2007, Julian made the field goal that put Appalachian State ahead of Michigan 34-32 with just 30 seconds to go. And it is good. Now that ended up being the kick that won the game for the Mountaineers because when Michigan tried to kick a game-winning field goal as time expired... And the kick is blocked! Appalachian State has stunned the college football world. One of the greatest upsets in sports history. Sports actually brought the Roush family to North Carolina. Marshall Roush was born on Long Island in 1923, but he came here to play basketball for Eddie Cameron at Duke University. But Roush never graduated. Instead, he left early to serve in the military. And when he got out, he had a job waiting for him at a textile factory in Gastonia, owned by his wife's family. He later became the owner, but before he started making ornaments, Roush wanted to improve recreational facilities all across the city. In order to do that, he ran for city council. 
I was 29 years old. New York, Jewish. <laughs> I got elected. He went on to serve three terms, and along the way, he helped desegregate Gastonia's public facilities like swimming pools and restaurants and hotels. And then, in the 1960s, came an opportunity to run for state senate. Three lawyers were running. I have a low regard for lawyers. Most lawyers. Rausch beats the three lawyers. And in 1967, he became the first Jewish state senator in North Carolina history. I've been first Jew a lot of places. For instance, Rausch was the first Jewish president of Gastonia's YMCA. That is short for Young Men's Christian Association, if you didn't know. Anyway, that position at the Y led to, well, it led to a paradox of sorts one year. But I got the YMCA award, and I also got the King Solomon Award from the temple. So I got first Jew of the year, first Christian of the year, in the same year. For the most part, Rausch says his religion did not hold him back from what he wanted to do. But sometimes there were problems. At first, he wasn't allowed to join certain civic clubs in Gastonia. Another time, he ran into issues when he tried to buy some property on a nice side of town, and the sellers kept giving him the runaround. And when I went to see them, I knew they were not going to sell me. I knew it. Finally, he confronts one of the men. He said, Marshal, we don't sell to Greeks or Jews. I don't know what one had to do with the other. Rausch didn't give up. For one thing, he spent the rest of his life making that man, let's just say, really confused and uncomfortable. If I'd see him at the country club one day, great, I'm so glad to see you, buddy. Take care of yourself. I see him the next time. You can't see this, but he's making a mean, scowling face here. That's the way I treat him. He didn't know what I was going to do, and I know it disturbed him. And Roush ended up getting the property because a friend bought it on his behalf and then sold it to him. And Gastonia, Roush says generosity always outweighed bigotry. So for every stupid person I've met in my life, I've met a hundred good ones. Doesn't bother me. Yeah. Doesn't bother me at all. Those incidents led Marshall Roush to take a strong position in the North Carolina Senate when it came to religion. For example, as the state rewrote its tax laws concerning alcohol, Roush saw an opening. I said, I'm going to put this one little amendment, this little old amendment in this chapter. That amendment prevented private clubs from getting liquor licenses if they discriminated on the basis of religion. There were no Jews in any country club in North Carolina until that time. Now, they're in all of them. <laughs> Over the course of his 24 years in the General Assembly, Rausch became one of the most powerful men in politics. He was the kind of guy you did not cross. But he did leave a legacy of increased funding for schools and mental health services, and toward the end of his tenure, he decided to do something he wanted to do 
for a long time. So he and another Jewish colleague introduced a bill to make Yom Kippur a state holiday. I had it on the floor of the Senate. I'd been there 20 years. I knew they would vote for it. And they did, but not before some of his friends in the Senate made some jokes. I want to ask Senator Rausch a question, but tell me this, Mr. Young Kipper, was he a Democrat or a Republican? Rausch left the Senate in 1990, and five years after that, he sold Rausch Industries for $51 million. But he's still active today, still lives in Gastonia, still makes investments with his grandson, Julian, still hosts hot dog cookouts that he calls Kosher Mondays. And his phone still rings all the time because people want to know what he knows, including me. You are in a unique position among, any, I think, anybody I've, I've met you know, all jokes aside, your religion, you are, you are Jewish, and yet you're, you are intimately involved with maybe the biggest Christian holiday that there is. So is there something that you have observed or kind of maybe know about Christmas, about that holiday, that maybe others don't see or don't know? I don't, I don't think so. Um, I enjoy the Christmas season. This is not an answer to your question. I've answered it. I know nothing. In life, uh, it's my opinion, people are driven by five different things. Sex, ego, faith, fear, and greed. Faith, of course, is religion. And you... Some people are driven by it. I can't say I am driven by it, but it's, it's uh, tremendously important in my life. I, it just is, and all my friends know it is. But you think about that. Some of your friends driven by ego, some of them driven by uh, greed, some driven by sex, they ain't worth a damn. So it leads down to faith and fear. And if you fear God, and you should, and you have faith, that's where it's all about. Realize every morning you wake up is a blessing. It's up to you to make the day a blessing for someone else. That's religion. Away Message is a production of Our State Magazine, an employee-owned company that's been celebrating North Carolina for 85 years. This episode was written and mixed by me, Jeremy Markovich, and produced by me and James Michkowski. It's the only day of the year I wake up early I wake up so clear we wanted to leave you today with an original Christmas song that's written and recorded by some musicians from right here in North Carolina. Something light and fun about eager kids and tired parents. 
It's a polka song called Dad, Wake Up by Peter Lamb and the Wolves out of Raleigh. Christmas time is the time. Enjoy the rest of the holidays, everybody. We'll see you again next year. A lot of stuff. Christmas time is the time we stand. Wake up, dad's in bed. Nestle just passed his head. How absurd! It's 9:36 and he's usually fed. Got up!